0: Beep, <laughs>
1: Okay, hello, Phil Common, bienvenue, Konnichiwa! It's time for the Armish Inquisition yet again, episode 155, on Sunday the 18th of November. I'm Amish Phil. I'm Am Amish Ben.
0: I'm Amish Matt. The dwarf, the cripple, and the mother of madness.
1: And we've got a couple of um, very special guests in tonight. Oh, what's that sound? Can you hear that?
2: No, it's October... It's a happier oh, place
3: to be. I want Grimerica. <laughs> the maple syrup is the best. It's so yeah. good at oh. all. I want oh, Just be present with me and love me. I want Grimerica.
1: That's right. Well, your wishes are command. We've got um, Darren and Graham here from Grimerica.
3: How are we doing, chaps? pretty good I'm drying the tears away from my eyes already I knew you guys would be good crack <laughs>
1: oh my word I'm um, <laughs> just gonna just before you begin
4: Philip yeah. You just completely ripped off our po- podcast from Grand America then. <laughs> <laughs> the, the entire thing yeah well no That's
3: okay what ours is what's ours is yours it's you're <laughs> charge It's a, you you. <laughs> a good job who
1: made that that jingle for you
3: Felix, I think that was Felix, Felix the Jingle Maker.
2: Felix at Bandcamp.com. No. Right. Bandcamp.com slash... We should know that. Yeah, it's probably... It's <laughs> in our show notes. It's in the yeah. show notes. <laughs> Actually, he just sent me a new uh, song last night. Oh, I think you'll get a kick out of it. Yeah, It seems like it's about us.
1: <laughs> well, I was saying before, it's great to have you here. I've, I've been listening to you guys for... Probably, I think about six years, maybe more. Wow, that's crazy.
2: Yeah, Are I, you so right? you know, as you know, UK yeah, members. yeah, you so don't have to get your hat or something. You probably could be number one. <laughs> <laughs> I think Graham's Gainsford was number one, actually. Right, Right. you could be number two though.
1: All right, I'll take that. I'll take number two. What rank okay. is that in uh, in Starfleet, Ben?
2: I think that's like lieutenant.
5: Yeah, best right. officer isn't yeah. it? Best officer.
2: Graham's first officer.
5: Oh, all right. Sorry. He's captain.
2: <laughs> I'm a captain.
5: Uh, well, I get it now.
2: <laughs> actually, when we get the cruise ships, I'll be an admiral. Oh. Nice. Once we have multiple ships.
1: Now, is this actually a serious proposition, getting the Gramerica
3: cruise ship? It's getting there. That's it. That's Ooh, how... Love it. Boat, the love boat style. We you ever watch it that, Dan? Yeah? Uh, no,
2: the love boat was before my time. I didn't see much love boats.
3: And you guys watch The Love Boat? No. no. <laughs> was it Soft Borny? <laughs> no, it wasn't. It was no. real cheesy. It's a motorboat.
2: <laughs> if we did have a cruise ship, though, we could come get you guys.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think we do need bailing out over here because things are really turning a bit pear shaped
2: can you swim 150 miles? That's how far off coast you can <laughs> <need to>
0: get.
3: <laughs> how far is it across the channel? It's because they, they've done that. They've swam the channel before, not you guys, but yeah, is it's about 23
2: no, miles, I think. 23 miles? 23 miles. yeah, That's a lot. Is in there any international water in the channel? <laughs> <laughs> I thought. Didn't we look this up a while ago? And you got to be like 150 miles offshore. No,
3: I think it's 20 like, miles. I thought oh, 22 20. miles or something. Yeah, you might you might be able to swim it. They probably did it just past the swim limit, you know? (laughs) 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 Just like, how far could a human swim? Uh. We'll just make it a couple miles past that.
1: (laughs) Didn't uh, Dave McAfee do something like that? Go out into international waters. John McAfee?
2: Don't John (laughs) (laughs) McAfee. He's in jail now. Has he he actually... He got arrested in Spain or some shit. Yeah, they're trying to extradite him to the U.S. now for tax evasion. Oh, man. That's how they always get him, isn't it? That's how they get you. Yeah. Fuck. That's the thing about the U.S. You got, it's got a super powerful state. So like, they'll come get your ass anywhere. I feel like Canada, if, if you got out of the country, they're just like, <laughs> <laughs> That's the the IRS, I guess, is it? Yeah, I think there's, like, more, there's, like, 10 times as many people working for the IRS <laughs> as there is for like the entire Canadian government
1: <laughs> where the where the uh, the opposite are inland what is it is it Her Majesty's Revenue and Customs Revenue and Customs now yeah yeah they, they're usually the first public sector place to get called aren't they when
2: things when <laughs> yeah. there's a downturn you guys must have a pretty powerful state I guess right you guys sort of invented it <laughs> <laughs> Good question, I don't know. What do you think?
4: Um. Yeah, I'd say so. Like the National Health Service and things like that and benefit system and all the rest of it, I'd say. Welfare,
1: that kind of side of things. There's Quite a, socialist, aren't we? There's a phrase um, called state capacity and it refers to the, the sort of the ability of the state to get things done and... When it comes to the UK and most European countries, we've sort of, uh, over the last 50 years, we've lost a lot of our state capacity because it's been outsourced to the EU. Um, But countries with really high state capacity are countries like Australia. They're
2: really... you see what happens when you have real good state capacity? You get real good at locking motherfuckers in their houses and (laughs) arresting them for leaving. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. Uh, this is the thing—the newfound like hope I found in Canada. Is the state when you really take a close look at it is super weak, mm. and I feel like you know if you, if it's just you and a couple of people, you're still in all kinds of trouble. But if you could get you know a half a legion or so, you might be able to negotiate.
1: How how do your gun laws compare to the U.S.?
2: They're a little. St- they're while they're quite a bit stricter we don't do handguns here you got to get a restricted license to get a handgun once you get a restricted license now you've given the rcmp sort of they can show up at your house and search the place without a warrant and it opens up all sort of weird things if you want to transport a handgun you got to call the firearms office and tell them you're doing it like even if you're going to the range you can't bring a handgun anywhere but the range in canada So you can't, I can't be in the bush. When I'm out in the bush with my rifles, I couldn't have, even if I did have a handgun, I couldn't have it with me. The only time you can have a handgun with you is back and forth the range. But as far as like long rifles and stuff like that, there's pretty easily accessible. You do a one day course, sign up for the thing, uh, get your, your possession acquisition license. It's a one or two day course and pay 60 bucks. And then that just kind of puts you on the database that is mainly, uh, so if you got, they kind of run your name once you're in that database, they'd run your name, uh, every other day or every day to see if you've had any assault charges or anything like that. And if anything like that starts coming up, they'd probably come and pay you a visit. And I know if you've got like an ex spouse or something like that, anytime you renew your license, they like email them and let you know, Hey, by the way, your ex still has guns oh <laughs> <laughs> I
0: but guess... other than that
2: i mean once you do that it's kind of open season like once you've got your gun license i could go i could go buy a dozen guns today if i wanted
3: but could you could you carry them around with you like you can't you, you can't can carry you still has to be i can carry my rifle has to be stored
2: in a safe or with a trigger lock on it but when i'm out and about unless i'm in a wildlife corridor it doesn't have to be cased in hunting season, in the dark at night, probably you want to have it cased or trigger locked so you don't get nailed for poaching or something like that. But other than that, if, I'm with, if I've am if i got the gun in my sight, it doesn't have to be locked. So, I mean, technically, I think I could like, you could walk around downtown with a rifle on your shoulder. You'd probably get all sorts of attention, but I think... and the, <laughs> that's, body, kind of,
3: that's kind of what I was getting now, at. The
2: bylaws <laughs> might get you, but...
3: Like, <laughs>
2: the local bylaws the local like city bylaws or permit- get you, but like once I'm outside the city, I can walk around with a gun. The only thing is if it's in my truck, it can't be loaded. Once I get out of the truck, it, it can be loaded. Wow. And I've got like unlimited access to ammo. I can buy guns secondhand. I like to buy my guns secondhand. A gun kind of never loses value. And I just like, we, we don't have a gun registry here. It's completely voluntary. So not a lot of people are doing it, but um, you do still like when I, if you go buy a gun from Canadian tire or Cabela's or something like that, you're filling out paperwork. So there's not technically a registry The I don't say the government would know you had that gun per se, but it's still a bit of a paper trail. Whereas you, if you buy them, I like to buy my guns used just because then it's just, you know, most of the guns I've got, nobody knows I've got, but me.
1: Is there any um, restrictions like I know in in south of your border they're pushing to have sort of checks done for people who maybe have mental health issues or a history of mental health. Is there yeah, any... if you
2: have like, so if you have an assault charge or anything like that or any, I don't know, but I'm sure they have because I know a friend of mine had an old assault charge, and for him to get approved to get his gun license, he had to go see a shrink a couple of times and go through a program, and they really evaluated to make sure. I mean. My, in my opinion, the gun laws in Canada work pretty well. Some people might not like them. Like them. I don't agree with the, the ban lists that are coming out now. I'm exempt from them because I'm an Indian. But I don't agree with restricting it any further. I think we've got a system that works pretty well in Canada. It's something like 95% of or more of gun violence in Canada, which is minimal already, is uh, with illegal firearms. So yeah. legal firearms aren't don't seem to be causing any problems. Even our mass shooting we had, uh, was that this year? It wasn't, wasn't real,
3: was it? Well, if it was real, <laughs> it was
2: done with illegal guns. With illegal? Illegal guns smuggled into the country from the states, yes.
5: Uh, That seems quite sensible set of rules. I mean, compared to what you hear about coming out of the States.
2: I'm a pretty big... uh, I I don't mind the Canadian system at all. I really don't. They've got some weird limits on ammo, and like I say, they've restricted a few things as of late that I don't really agree with. But I don't mind a bit of a background check. But at the same time, I don't know. I mean, maybe... Maybe if the government has access to guns, the people should too, because we might be heading into a super, super scary time. Yeah, give I'm another six right months now.
3: when the Great Reset is upon you.
2: Happier to have a gun <laughs> safe upstairs with some guns and some ammo in it. Like I'm not worried about food supply. I'm not worried about security to a certain extent. You just, it's a way different feeling just having that in in your closet. You know what I mean? It's just I don't know. You can't really put a word on on just that tool you know what i mean it would kind of be like having a furnace in some ways you know if it gets cold it's all right i got this like i guess in today's world we're kind of worry about that even a little bit so it'd be nice it could be nice to have a house with a wood stove these days if you had a wood stove in your basement that's just a little a security blanket sort of you know what i mean I yet? feel like the gun's the same thing. It's a pretty important tool to have for, for a couple of reasons. One is eating, One is two is security, and three is, you know, I don't think that the government should be the only person with guns. It seems like if everybody's got some, some guns, then people are more likely to be treated fairly <laughs> and with respect.
1: Adam Curry often says that a, a well-armed citizenry, uh, citizenry is a polite citizenry. Worse that and face. Texas is
2: one of the most polite places I've ever been. Mm.
1: Are there pretty um, strict rules if you do break the gun laws? You know, like if you are caught carrying a handgun when you shouldn't be.
3: Uh I don't know exactly, but yeah, you'd be you'd, I don't think there's trouble. strict laws for anything here really. They're letting people out all the time. You'd for... lose access to your firearms for sure. You'd be done
2: you'd be done now if you got caught with a handgun that you weren't supposed to have, then you would not have access to any legal guns anymore.
1: Oh, yeah. It's interesting what you say about um, you know, wanting to feel safe and part of the Second Amendment. Uh, rationale behind it was to put, be able to protect yourself from enemies uh, at home or abroad, meaning your own government, and being able to form a militia. And then I saw something on Instagram this week from the Canadian Parliament about them feeling out building internment camps.
3: Yep, that's a true st- thing. I saw it on the government website.
1: What's that? I saw the video. Yeah, on on Instagram, yeah. I think.
3: Yeah, I had to double check because I you know, I don't know what's real these days. But yeah, it's a real it's a real RFP. They're asking for people to uh what's, what's RFP? To get involved in A request for a proposal kind of thing. Or maybe it's not that exact acronym, but it's it's definitely you know, in the in the in the official tender process of developing these isolation camps or internment camps, I guess they call them. Ooh, and they go
2: bust, maybe we could buy one cheap and make the commie
3: in there. <laughs> But, I mean, I don't know how, like, I don't know. The timing is, seems pretty suspect, really. It does. The, are
4: they, what's this intern? Are they interning <coughs> COVID people,
3: you mean? Well, that's it? what they say, but they say they won't answer the question in Parliament. Like, they, they just avoid it, like the plague. They're just fucking brutal. <laughs>
1: in, the, in the RTP, but, you know, there's no mention of COVID.
3: It's just there is, there is there is, is. There? they that they, they say that it's for COVID, but there's also they also say it's for other things. But in Parliament they're trying to say it's from people traveling to to you know I'll tell you who it's for. It's for
2: Chinese Canadians when we slip into yeah. the business.
3: <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty it's kinda of scary, to be honest, I think. The timing's not good. I feel like they're I feel like their plan, they just could not even plan this thing properly and they're scrambling around.
2: I'm not saying that there's anything against Chinese-Canadians and against the government, because I do think that if you see us slip into another global conflict, you're going to see all those same stuff, They, those horrible mistakes of the last couple of wars repeated almost instantly.
4: Are they kind of re-education camps then? How to wash your hands.
3: <laughs> yep. I think you've tested false positive for COVID, go to the camp. <laughs> yeah.
2: Or it's just people stealing money. I mean, there's always that going on yeah. too. I've said and like COVID yeah. seems to have ramped up the ability to steal taxpayer dollars <laughs> and give them to your friends. <laughs> We're building yeah. these camps and then you go to the camp and it's just like there's no insulation in the walls. <laughs> the stats are spaced every four feet and someone's got a pocket full of money. It's the same with yeah. the, the vaccine thing.
1: It's a big money spinner, isn't it?
3: Exactly. How much did Canada lose? We spent what, 8 billion? $8 oh, $8 yeah, or 20 billion? To... Drug companies got fucking paid, man. Before, <laughs> even, before anything even happened, they're already set. I mean, it's ridiculous.
2: Do the pharmaceutical companies own the mask game, too? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Who's making money on these fucking masks? Because billions of masks are being sold Kinda. currently.
1: Hey, your, your This Is Bullshit masks are doing pretty well, aren't they?
2: They could be doing better lately. I mean, masks, <laughs> you know, we should talk about it. We should plug them. The mask mandates are wrapping <laughs> up, and I don't know if it's just more people not complying, which I have plenty of time for, but if you are going to comply, then you might as well use a Grimerica This Is Bullshit mask. Grimerica, that's flag. I actually had to go to the doctor last week, and I got an official note. So that uh, just for an ace up my sleeve, an exemption. Yeah, I don't need it for any place, but a couple of job sites, and if you want to fly, and there's a couple of places that are starting to really crack down. So, my hope is I can stir somebody into um, a lawsuit. <laughs> <laughs> are they are they
1: actually man- mandatory in Canada?
2: They say they're mandatory in Calgary.
3: It's a city by city kind of thing. All right, yeah. all right. So, so our our, to our little that. town, I went out for dinner and, and or night. corporation by corporation depending on where you're shopping or where you're visiting. I went out for the, out for dinner Friday night in Calgary
2: and it was the most people I've ever seen in one place without masks in in months. I've never seen because of the way the restaurant rules are. So it's like I guess these people and it's just a little restaurant. So it seems maybe 70 people or something like that, but there's no social distancing. They put yeah. up a little piece of plexiglass between us without other <laughs> like (laughs) this place is at capacity it's loud people nobody's wearing a mask they wear a mask for the like 10 steps from the
3: front door to your table and then then to go to the washroom you got to get up and put your mask on it seems
2: like by that time just just
3: don't give a fuck such a farce.
2: it really gave me a lot of hope actually that the people that seem to be the compilation just seems to be gone as soon as you get as soon as you get people back in that regular human atmosphere they just
3: They'd be shutting that down. I mean, they already shut that down in Toronto, didn't they? So it's coming here. They
2: they shut those. They can't shut it down though. If the people just stop doing it, they can't shut it down. That's this is the thing I keep coming back to. If nobody listens, they can't do anything. It says right in the bylaw: if they're not wearing a mask, assume they've got an exception and leave them the fuck alone. So all we have to do is just stop listening. And there's they they there is there's no they.
1: Yeah, there's, there's, a, there's a risk in this country of people being prosecuted under much, equality much legislation. A bigger risk,
2: it would seem, than we do here, which, I mean, that's why now's the time in Canada to, if you don't like the rules, fucking push back, because there's no real... If you're on an airplane, probably don't fuck around. I've heard some horror stories. Yeah. They ban you. Straight-up ban you from the airline for a year. Right. <clears throat> And Canada's a big country, so if you get banned from an airline you're really limiting your I mean, that's a it's gonna be tough for you guys coming from that little island and you're stuck and you can't leave the country. Can you even go to Scotland?
5: Uh, I leave yeah. Lancashire. Well well oh, no, strictly we speaking, now. we can't we can't leave Lancashire. So the county border is as far as we get, really.
3: What, really? We, yeah. we,
1: we're not supposed to do any non essential travel whatsoever.
4: It's like that is, that is not enforceable at the moment, though, is it? it that is guidance.
3: Because you got a million roads leading out of Lancashire to other places, right? Yeah, yeah. There's
4: motorways um, or highways whatever, and then sort of like A and B roads, so country lanes and then like bigger roads and stuff. Thousands there'll be. Hundreds um, yeah. yeah, yeah.
2: Lancaster? Sorry? How many people live in there?
4: In Lancashire? Oh. I think it's one and a half million, I think. Wow! The
2: same size as Calgary. You know what I think? Another telltale thing is, is I see all these cops everywhere, and none of them are wearing masks.
3: Really? I mean, the wow. cop
2: cars. If you look in a cop car, if there's two cops in there, none of them are wearing masks. The only time they put on a mask is when they have to interact with the public, which makes me think that the police union or somewhere somewhere in the police force is pushing back against masks pretty hard. Because you'd think if Nenshi's saying masks for everyone, he's probably trying to tell the cops to wear them too. But at some level, they're saying no. Mm. The, I don't know uh, what that means, but it seems like a positive sign.
1: It's got to a stage in this country where they're telling people to... When you go to a restaurant, you wear the mask till you sit down. And then you just mm-hmm. take the mask off to eat and put it back on again.
3: It doesn't make
2: sense. Put it on in between <laughs> bites.
1: Yeah. Well, this is, Have you not seen the thing about pubs?
4: No. So, like... Um, only pubs now that serve food are the ones that can stay open. In our kind of tier three, we're in the the high risk kind of zone. Yeah, you've got to have a substantial meal. Um, it's all of those pubs, pubs can time. stay open. A substantial meal. Yeah. So have you heard? Do you guys know what a pasty is? Have you ever heard of a pasty?
3: <laughs> Cornish is pasty. It like a pastry? Yeah. Yeah. No. yeah,
4: yeah. Yeah, a pasty, yeah. Yeah, my mom so used to make them. A pasty is not... A, that's not
3: right,
4: substantial enough? Right. So that's not, that not a substantial... That's not, that's, that's, it, not, it has to have a side a salad. salad.
3: We're big. Yes, I mean, pasty our pasties were massive. They covered your plate.
4: <laughs> if we have got to have it with salad, I mean, that's a substantial meal. <laughs> the actual, oh God, the so actual fucking...
0: The fucking health minister.
1: Yeah, the fucking
4: yeah.
0: health
1: minister had to come out and say, no, it has to have a side salad with it. <laughs> it's just a fucking joke, isn't it? <laughs> Fuck we're a laughing might, stock. Imagine imagine if <laughs> you, you get
2: busted.
4: You a That's a
2: pasty! Laughing, I, gotta say. I mean and I don't mean that in a in a derogatory way, but it's just like you guys in Australia seem to just be like leading the way. Some of the headlines I see come out of those two countries just I just like, wow. You know, and it's it kinda I'm in a in a in a selfish way, it kinda it's like at least I'm not those guys. At <laughs> least we've, I'm not forming a support bubble. <laughs>
6: we've,
1: we've been playing clips from um, from the state of Victoria in Australia. Yeah. I mean, there was yeah. one guy where the, the chief of police is doing this press conference, and he's talking about having to smash people's car windows and drag them out <laughs> of the car. Because they're not wearing a mask. <laughs> they're not wearing a mask, or they're trying to get out of the state, try to move from one state to another. I mean, it's, fuck, it's unreal. I just can't believe that this is where we are. If you'd have told us 12 months ago that this is where we'd be.
3: Especially was- for, a, a, like, a, this supposed virus that's so safe. I mean, it's really not even that deadly. If it was, like, going to kill 20% of the people that got it, you could say, well, you know, if there's people dropping dead everywhere, well, you know, I <laughs> to put some measures in place, but this is ridiculous.
5: Yeah, compare it to Ebola or something, which, I mean, they're they're still having outbreaks now in in DRC. I think they've just got on top of an outbreak there recently. But Ebola is the kind of thing that you want to worry about.
1: The uh, WHO pinned uh, a new study to the website. I I just saw it today by, I think it's John Ioannidis, who's an epidemiologist from Harvard or Stanford, and he's done a study on the case fatality rate. And his latest figures are that the mean fatality rate is 0.23%, and for under 70s, it's 0.05%, and that's pinned to the um, WHO website. It's for your information.
3: See, I think people get confused with the percentages, the 0.0-something percent, right? It doesn't sound like it's small amount, but it's very, very small, right? A yeah. percent is only one of 100. So point 0.0, if there's two zeros, then it's one in 10,000, right? Right. Yep. No, oh, it's. I think it, the people just don't understand. They don't want to even look at that stuff. They don't even care. I'm, I got a note from a, from one of our listeners, an exceptional. You want me to read it? It's uh, from from the don't doctor. Say his He's, name. Is well, that the guy that specifically said, "Don't"? Say yeah, I name. won't say his name. <laughs> <laughs> this is to certify that Mister Blah 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 suffers from multiple chronic underlying health conditions. He required surgery when he was a baby for a diaphragmatic hernia. Unfortunately, this surgery has subsequently had a lifelong impact on his breathing. So this is like for a mask exception. The mask exasperates his breathing complaints, and it is recommended that he should work in an isolation room where he is working within the school premises. Thank you for taking this into consideration. <laughs> so I don't even know what that's saying. That don't, he, he, he should still not, if he's not wearing a mask, then then isolate him, basically. <laughs> your pdf editor oh my god
2: (sighs) yeah yeah i think it's an important time not to follow the rules
1: you've um you've been saying darren on your show that you've been getting a bit of fatigue with the all the covid talk
2: oh yeah yeah
1: it sucks it's well it's, it's it's over six months
2: now isn't it It's coming up, it's got to be close to that for sure, It's yeah it's been too much Two weeks to flatten the curve Two weeks to (laughs) flatten the curve
1: Yeah this will be over by Easter, that's what they told us
2: No trouble at all (laughs) Yeah I'm sick of the COVID, pretty sick of it I mean, I've dug my hills in on a few things and we'll see how the winter goes
1: I listened to your last uh, show with Pam Popper which was very good Yeah she's great there's uh, another guy on YouTube. Have you heard of... He's got a bit of a funny name. It's called... Batacharya.
3: I- <laughs> Batacharya.
1: <Bat-tour-iar. laughs> no, he's called Ivor Cummings. Is that a real name? It is. He's called Ivor Cummings. He has a podcast and uh, a YouTube channel, but he's an Irish guy, and he's doing very similar to what Pam Pop is doing. He's going through all the numbers and, and breaking them down and filling people in. So I'd recommend it, you know, if you were... You know, if you like Pam Popper, I'm sure you'd like Ivor Cummings.
3: Ivor? Ivor?
1: Ivor, yeah. Cummings. Ivor okay.
3: Cummings. Okay, yeah, I'll check it out.
1: Yeah.
3: Oh,
4: man. That's oh, very good.
3: Yeah.
1: Um, I, I don't know, you, you guys are no agenda listeners, aren't you? Or, or are you a man I am, overboard? Yeah.
3: Darren, Darren's <laughs> overboard, but I'm, I'm, I'm uh, still going, yeah. Have you
1: heard Adam talking about podcasting 2.0? Yeah, a little bit. Have you got any sort of inside knowledge or what do you think? Is I, I
3: don't. I was just thinking about that today because I heard him talking about um, Megan Kelly's podcast and how he's going to focus on a solution for her.
1: Yeah, he's been sort of teasing something the last few weeks and uh, yeah. I, just, uh, I was just wondering maybe if you'd heard anything. Anything
2: but come on the fucking Grand America show, I guess.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, we got to ask him. I mean, we haven't asked no, him I've in asked so long, him several so. times. Oh, have you? Oh, Lately yeah. Yeah. on Twitter? Yeah, yeah. 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 sent him some emails. Tw- oh, Really? Really? Start. Really? Did you give them a
2: bunch of days? And offer any Friday, any Tuesday. Why don't you pick the day?
1: <laughs> you, you guys hit me in the mouth because I heard JCD on, on your podcast.
2: Oh, yeah. yeah. And, uh, I still recommend the show. It, it's crazy.
3: It's important. They've been doing really good deconstruction of the news. You know, it's been an important – and during this time, it's interesting how how many people have, have uh, started listening to them and supporting them and – And it's been an important part of this, you know, deconstructing this whole narrative and to see a bunch of people that are along our way of thinking with it too and, you know, just seeing through the nonsense.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you guys and No Agenda and OBDM and and other guys have been a big influence on me when it comes to podcasting. And uh, I think it's important to have, you know, these sources of alternative media
5: used yep. to be uh, Guerrilla News Network back in the day GNN yeah. uh, I remember that from way way long ago it was probably late 90s pre-podcasting i would say or in blog, blog radio. talk radio blog talk radio no it was like a, it was a youtube channel i think um it's probably around the same time as infowars started i guess <laughs> but uh, yeah GNN the was chemicals started. in the water that turned <laughs> the friggin frogs gay that's the guy Uh, yeah guerrilla news network and then it disappeared when all the podcasts came in because there's so many so many alternate kind of sources for that kind of thing but yeah i guess it's been uh it's been going on a while this kind of alternate media in various guises and and it's really blown up with the advent of of podcasting which is which is good i suppose but then it, it does dilute everything um just a little bit
1: saturated
5: well maybe yeah Especially like with BBC Sounds getting in on the action, right? Like, everyone's granddad's got a podcast now. Mm. <laughs>
2: <laughs> do you guys get to leave the house for work or anything then, or are you guys just like stuck at home?
5: I'm um, I'm at home full time now. This
4: yo, room
5: that's, is that's been a choice though,
4: hasn't it? That's what your yeah. business has chosen to do, isn't it?
5: We oh, sold the office, so
1: all all businesses are encouraged to
5: Get the stuff to work from home.
2: To sell the office? <laughs> yeah. Cheap.
5: There's no yeah. yeah, no point paying rent or a mortgage on a building you're not you're not using, I suppose. And
4: but I work in, yeah. in the health service, so I work I they've stopped us from seeing people face to face, basically, for what I do.
2: Do you uh, like working from home better? Like what are they how's it has mm-hmm. Has the I mean you guys are in a bit of a stricter situation than we are, but is there any like little positives from from yeah. the from the COVID switch?
4: I don't Hell have yeah. to drive to work, basically. <laughs> just like take my kids to nursery and school and then just come and sit in the front room and phone people all day. It's great. Watch Netflix. Better, yeah. Netflix and chill. More time
2: with the kids?
4: More time with the kids, yeah, I would say so. And it's not as stressed in the morning, like getting them all dressed and then having to rush to work and then get through traffic or whatever mm. to get there. So,
1: yeah, I'd say it's better, definitely. I work in construction, so working from home is not really an option for me. Ooh. You could <laughs> do like,
5: video tutorials, couldn't you?
1: No, I don't think
5: so. Robot. She could use a robot and remote control it to...
1: There's no robot on earth that can do my job. (laughs) (laughs) I'm indispensable. (laughs) Unless
3: they stop building.
1: Yeah. It raises an interesting point, though, because it tends to be sort of the sort of more middle class areas of society who who have the luxury of being able to work from home, whereas it tends to be the lower classes who have to go out when everyone else is Mm. isolating you like you feel like me scumbag scumbag like me oh dear one thing i wanted to ask you about was censorship because this mm. is something that's sort of been on the rise i i see, i think particularly on social media during this crisis you've you've had some brushes with censorship haven't you
3: a little bit our instagram is getting throttled right now um they've been sp- splashing uh, warnings on her and they're not even real warnings. They're false on our posts about, uh, what was it about again? COVID or, uh, oh yeah. Comparing it to the flu. They're using AI in their warnings now, which doesn't even work properly. They're, they're, they're flagging stuff that shouldn't even be flagged. Like they're, they're not even describing it properly. It's disgusting. And our, and our podcast got, got shadow banned a little bit talking to Dell, Dell big tree way back when, a you, uh, Quite a what was that last year, maybe twenty nineteen, maybe a couple, maybe? Of years, ago, maybe. couple of years ago, maybe. And but other than that, like we sort of fly under the radar. We're not really affected directly too much from censorship. I mean, we're fairly, you know, we don't have to worry about ads or anything like that. We're not very easily cancelable, I guess if the YouTube, I guess if uh, iTunes decided to fuck with us, it would hurt.
2: Yeah, <laughs> but. maybe a bit, but.
3: I mean, I don't think a ton of people
2: find the show by searching in iTunes at this point. I think we, we're lucky enough to be at that kind of point where we've got enough listeners that, you know, even if we we're hosting our own RSS feed, if it comes to that, we've still got, you know, thousands of people that can help spread the word. I mean, I'm sure that's where most of our growth comes from now. Is word mouth, other shows. And, word yeah. About, yeah.
1: I love how you've sort of built a community around the podcast. That's something we're trying to do. We're only in baby steps like, but I think it's really great what you've done.
3: Yes. Yeah, I yeah, think it's, it's a, partly value for value has done that. You know, it's, it's not, uh, there's a different feel from from our show or no and no agenda let's say compared to somebody who has uh, the second half of the show behind a paywall or or uh, it's it's a little more of like a business kind of thing and not so much of a community but it comes with you know it, it's a long long like wow. slow slow curve I mean we can't just quit our jobs running yet you know mm. value it's not uh, we're, we're value, covering our costs but that's about it
1: value for value being the the theory that, you know, we don't we don't take adverts, yeah. we don't put things behind paywalls. Um but if you you know if you get some value from listening then pay some of that forward to us.
3: Yep. Yep.
1: What's Hopefully. your main what's your main reason for going for the value for value method?
3: That's a good question. I think we like the no agenda model. I mean, I always thought before that the donation, which is kind of like value for value, the donation model would be a really good way to go. Just ask for donations. Like there was, you know, like somebody like Stefan Molyneux who would do free domain where he did free books and all that. And he just survived on donations. I thought that was interesting because you don't have that corporate. uh, But then when the no no agenda guys kind of put it into practice for podcasting, we thought, well, you know, we don't have to. Uh, worry about, we you know, corporate sponsors or ads or anything like that. You don't have to,
2: it offers a level of protection. It's uh, I think a little more relaxed than the, than more, some of the more thing where you're always kind of got to watch that RSS feed and protect it. And, you know, I just hear from some of the people that are doing that model, they're doing, they're not complaining too much cause they're doing well financially, but uh, you know, it just seems like it's sort of one problem after another and the fee goes down and, you know, there's a laziness aspect to it. When we kind of tiptoed into it, we weren't thinking we were ever going to make any money at it. So it just kind of started happening. Then we noticed the community and stuff like that. And, um, yeah, I think it it, it does help out with some, like, I think it, it helps out with some, like, workarounds on copyright and stuff like that too, when you're not selling something directly. Mm.
3: And, and we started getting the listeners involved with emails and sort of doing like this little intro before our interview. And that kind of, it was easy to just sort of transition into like staying with value for value, keeping the, the people that are listening involved, you know, sharing feedback on the show or synchronicities and <laughs> sightings and people at the beginning of this, like seven, eight years ago, you know, we're talking about UFOs and strange experiences and and people were wanting to share, really wanting to share their experiences because we were still in that sort of new atheist, sceptical phase where they were were trying to poo-poo all this stuff. And I think that people needed an outlet and podcasts were a good outlet for that. So I think that kind of helped us transition into Value for Value as well because we kind of were already getting people involved organically. I think
1: um, integrity plays a big part in the, the Value for Value model. You know, that you you're gonna say what you think. Um it reminds we had um when did we have Malin on? malin Baker. It was about two months ago, Let's three month, One, months ago.
5: 139,
1: yeah. He's a he's a youtuber and funnily enough he had a, a YouTube flame war with um Tony Heller. Oh wow. Like a year or two ago. Uh and he's an English guy. And Is he uh, the potholder? It's not Potholer, but he oh. he knows Potholer 54. Uh, he's more, I mean, he's, he's, he doesn't really do climate change videos anymore. But anyway, besides the point, we got him on. And um, just the week that we had him on the podcast, he'd had his first video demonetized. And uh, he said during the podcast, like, oh, it's just an algorithmic thing. I, I raised a complaint and then... Within a couple of days, it had been reinstated. Like, unfortunately, all all my views come in the first couple of days, so I lost out on that video. That was about three months ago. It, every video since, I think, has now been demonetized. Really? Yep. Yep. It is. started. That's the other started thing a about Patreon value
2: for value, and I hate to hear it about people, but I mean, there's. It was always a little precarious to build your entire business on the back of someone else's, you know revenue infrastructure advertising you know you none of that is in your control it's just it's super to to run that and i'm not defending youtube by any means but it's kind of like to run an anti-narrative business or trying to make a business and not have control over any part of the delivery is just a it's like it was an eye-opener for us right off the beginning. We, were, we we got, like, a little knock from PayPal, and I've actually been talking to oh, amazing Polly over the
3: weekend because oh. she just got knocked by PayPal. She got knocked from YouTube, too, recently. And demonetized? No, like, taken down. A whole whack of channels just got taken down. Oh, really? Were they monetized? Yeah. Probably. Yeah. yeah. They are big ones, yeah. So, um...
2: Anyway, once we had the PayPal fiasco and they just shut it down, locked it up and, and in their defense, I mean, I don't even think it was I what I think they do is I think PayPal gets used for all sorts of sketchy shit. Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. PayPal gets used for all sorts of below par shit. I was, uh, you know, you can buy drugs on with PayPal and different things. I mean, you shouldn't do that, especially if you're running a business through PayPal because if you get caught buying drugs with your PayPal account, it's, they will instantly freeze it and seize all the funds. But anyway, there's a bunch of shady money flying around with PayPal. And what I think they do is they just sort of, they grab a bunch of them every once in a while and they fucking send out this notice saying that, you know, for blah, 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 bullshit reason, we're taking your thing. And if you contest your money, will be available in a few months. And honestly, like I called PayPal and within a call or two and a couple of days, a PayPal account was up and running again. And, but what I think happens is if they do that to, to a thousand accounts, like a hundred people or 50 people are just like, Oh fuck.
3: (laughs) "Eh, And they might have five or 10 grand in their thing that they PayPal just keeps. I think it's
2: a quick cash grab because I think it's a way to, to uh, anyone who doesn't complain either (laughs) has a reason or for whatever, you know, I think it's a fucking cash grab because they're, they don't have they're not subject to certain uh laws and regulations, and it gives them the ability to do that because honestly, it was literally one phone call to PayPal, and our account was back on it. I'm hoping. I reached out to Polly and let her know that that was our experience and she was going to call them tomorrow and I'm hoping it'll work out that way for her.
3: That's I mean, I think that with us it's at the lower level of, of being in intertwined and all that. But I think there is PayPal has shut down a bunch of people. They've taken them off. I mean, there's a risk when you get too big that they can just shut you off, whether it's MasterCard or PayPal. I mean, look at some of these guys that are anti-narrative and are much bigger. They're, They're getting hosed by everybody.
2: It can't be monetized that's, on YouTube, though. That's, like, the number one rule that I'm noticing so far is, and I'm sure there's examples of channels that aren't monetized getting hit.
3: Yeah, but they're probably at 50,000 subs at least or so 100,000. It 000. seems like almost, like, to, to the
2: people that I know that I've talked to that have got hit by YouTube, it's almost to a person that they've been monetized. And, you know, in the back of my head, I'm just like, what do you
3: think What are you thinking? What are you thinking? I know, but the problem is the anti narrative, like it just changes with the wind, right? It can be one thing or another, and they start eating themselves. I mean, like this guy that you, you mentioned the example of who's in a fight with Tony Heller. To me, it almost seems like, well, is he sort of prop? Is he part of the mainstream narrative if he's against Tony Heller? be interesting but they're mm-hmm. coming for them too like it depends on whatever
5: it depends whatever on the they subject
3: to, to start uh, cancelling it's disgusting
5: he, and 1984
2: is it if you're in bed taking money from the corporations then I think you're just setting yourself up <laughs>
3: Yeah, but now it's, a, now it's at a level that we couldn't have imagined six months ago. So let's say this Biden stuff that comes out is true, right? Which we know, we've been hearing about this shit for years. So it's yeah. no shocker to us at all. And I'm talking about you guys too because you listen to No Agenda or whatever. And this stuff comes out and they they start cancelling, you know, whatever. The president's press secretary's account, uh, the White House stuff. They start cancelling. Um, this was Facebook and Twitter. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Facebook, Twitter, and what else? I mean, there's other. There's a, oh, so oh, well. Then there's that YouTube purge, which happened right afterwards as well, because people are talking about it. So you can you can say if you're if you're with the narrative and you're lying about shit, it's fine. But if you're against the narrative with the truth, it's literally getting canceled. I mean, it's 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 mind-boggling. We're in a bizarre world right now, and pe- I don't even know how many people realize that the lies are allowed. They're actually pushed faster and farther. And the truth is completely canceled. Whether, and I'm not saying it doesn't have to be like partisan or political or whatever, we're just talking about real stuff that happened. If, you know, if it happened. And I mean, we all know that
2: they want to trick us into handing over the social media companies to the governments happily over the argument that at least the governments will give us free speech or something like that. That seems (laughs) lately, that's what I'm thinking the play is. Is that, and again, we had this conversation with was it Mo, is it Monica? Monica yeah, probably. Waters, us, yeah. How how um, if Trump wasn't president right now, how do you think right wing America? And I'm not saying that in a derogatory way in any form. Deplorables. How do you think right wing America will be taking COVID restrictions? What do you think it would have happened if Hillary Clinton tried to lock the country in their house? Oh. Mm-hmm. Yikes. Yeah,
3: that's a good point. So,
2: and also, do you think that that the American right would let Joe Biden, or you know, it's just like Trump seems to have this handle on the right that he can do all the stuff that might have seemed crazy under any other president. People would be up in fucking arms, but he's got this way of selling it, or you know, the, and it's not just no, well, no, it's no, the, whole, it's it's the he, whole state and the whole facade of of, of manipulating us into thinking we're because I mean, now we're going to get Facebook drug into the Senate hearings to see all about this, these emails again, we're talking about fucking emails again. And, um, I'm of the mind that there is no partisanship, and it's all a fucking. That's just for us, and everything else is just the fucking fascist state running a game on us, so that we can keep arguing about things while well, they do whatever the fuck they want in the in the background. Mm. And I think right now they're sort of tilting. For the last couple of years, they've been trying to twist this narrative to turn a lot of the 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 people that should be against the government controlling giant corporations that the entire population uses like Facebook or Twitter or or fill in the blank. And, and the, you can see this sort of free speech thing coming up where there are other private companies that can do whatever they want, blah, blah, blah. And I can almost see that spinning into, well, maybe they shouldn't be private companies so that they're subject to the It's the Constitution or the Bill of Rights or fill in the blank. I mean, that's how they'll sell it to you, and and we'll jump on it, and then it'll just be now that the government is no longer ambiguously Facebook. They're just Facebook.
1: You just have a giant publicly publicly owned propaganda machine you can
2: see us and everyone's trying to call it socialism i would argue it's closer to fascism but you can see the general public on the left and the right both starting to become okay with the government kind of controlling these giant fucking powerful tentacles Even more so, like the tentacles that have been around forever, but now they're reinforcing them. And the people that have um, historically pushed back against that are about to get duped into supporting it, I think.
1: You sound like you're talking about uh, the octopus
3: of global control. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Did you take it home? Yeah. No, it's uh, down there somewhere, yeah 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 and I, i'm not i'm not 100 uh, with darren on this we have a different view like trump doesn't have to sell this to to a lot of the right wing because he's out there at world economic forum and Davos actually saying that we are not going to participate in this globalist agenda that we're going to fight and i mean that could all be theater but when it gets to that level and it sounds that genuine i can't really necessarily just say oh that's all theater too like i i just can't I can't buy it. I still have a faint hope that you know that the great reset is not part of this Trump scheme. You know that 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 Trump might push back. I mean, we'll have to see. Like honestly, in in the next month, what what happens? But I'm not necessarily with. I kind of understand what Darren.
2: When the lockdowns are over, because right wing America will not let Joe Biden lock them in their houses.
3: I don't oh, think. And well, civil then it's civil war then. I mean it's it's going to be it's that. Be so cuz what's what's really interesting is is the the we talked about violence and guns and stuff before and defending and and the, the the when we grew up like I grew up thinking violence is bad, physical violence, you can't punch somebody, you can't, you know, attack them cuz they're going to attack you back. They they are allowed to attack you back or you're going to get, you know, busted for be in be physical with somebody and right now in the states are just le- allowing all that to happen i mean you, the, the people that are getting in, in trouble from these bottom bought, bought and paid for da's and and uh, mayors and shit are they're they're the ones that are defending the property so there's a real discombobulation there which you know i, I mean i can't see what that's just a, it's it's a takeover of what was of the freedom what, of the, the states i mean what was you know, the, that meme?
1: that meme was it fiery but mainly peaceful protests
3: yeah,
1: <laughs> and yeah. the the Most, cities on fire behind it. I
3: mean, mostly peaceful, mostly peaceful, right? And they just let all those people out. They can do whatever they want now, violent wise, and but so, so your whole mostly held... peaceful.
2: Could be. If you had, if you had like a hundred cities in the states protesting and rioting, but the media just focused on you know the four cities that
3: burned themselves to the ground. No, the media is not focusing on. That's the problem, right? That's why. Well, it is I mean. to
2: some extent because it, I mean it's all I've heard of for the last two months is. Yeah, but that's, that's
3: burning and protest. Yeah, but that's not coming from the media. That's coming from well, it's alternative media. Is, I
1: think. Yeah. Just going back to Graham, what he was saying about Trump, whether he's whether he's legit or not, I think you have to acknowledge that pulling out of the Paris Climate Agreement and the Iran Iran deal were pretty big moves.
3: That's its... well, that's what I mean by he doesn't have to sell it because he's yeah. doing these big things. It's not just a sales job. Seems like out. The global, you know, the global warming camp. But I mean, I, I kind of, let's flip back to Darren's Money saying, stuff. That's just yeah. money
2: stuff. He's still fucking clapping down on fucking taking over the world by the tip of a gun. We're still sending warships to, or he, they're still sending warships to Venezuela. They're still getting ready to fucking take out an unelected leader over narco-terrorism. I mean,
3: the show is just going on. Yeah, but he can't just put his foot in front of all that. I mean, he can't stop all that. He's got to play the game to a certain point. He does. I mean, I don't agree with the way he's handled COVID and vaccines either. Not for the way that a lot of other people will say it. Like, it's not his fault that all these fake deaths have happened, or you know what I mean. Like, <laughs> Who forged fucking death death learn, certificates. You, but yeah, you to your house. Who but the knew? but the vaccine thing is kind of annoying. I mean, he's sort of pushing that you know warp speed full ahead, and I mean, I feel like he could actually break this whole thing open because I mean, we know what what if. Farce this is all built on, but so it's it's disappointing to me that he's playing that game still.
1: I think pushing I the think vaccines more of a political thing for him because he wants to try and be seen to getting it done before the election.
3: Yeah, yeah, I I, I would agree. Yeah. I don't See, think he's worried well, I, I about hope. losing the election. You don't no, think no, what? No,
2: I don't think he's worried about losing the election one bit. I'll, I'll be floored if Biden wins the election. I'll be floored for the simple fact that. The last four years, the American people have been robbed more than they've been robbed in the last fucking 50, and they're cheering for more. (laughs) Because all they can care about is fuck Trump or yay Trump. They don't even care about $5 trillion, the largest upward transfer of wealth in the history of the planet. Nobody cares. No,
1: it's just orange man bad, isn't it?
2: Orange man bad or orange man good?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I sort sort of... Lean towards that; it's all just a dog and pony show. Um, we had we've had the same guest on the Odd Man Out. I think you had him on oh, the yeah. E- yeah. Early, yeah. earlier in the year. Yeah, uh, I think the
2: best descriptor I've ever heard is Dave McGowan calling it the entertainment division of the military-industrial complex.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, now, but now it's the entertainment division of the big pharma complex <laughs> or the I health the health industrial I complex. Think they're the same though. No. Yeah, the odd man out uh, has been great. He's been going on the uh, the boiler room and stuff before uh, yeah. quite a bit. Yeah. I
1: need to give him a shout out because um, he made an announcement that he's moving over to uh, alternate current radio. He's moving his show over and he's oh, wow. joining, joining the social rejects club. <laughs> so uh, I said I, I I was messaging him earlier today, so I said I'd give him a shout out. He's going to start having interviews, you see. Oh. So uh, that sounds interesting, you know. Support your independent
2: podcasters. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Yeah. Did you guys change time yet? Sorry, Darren? Did you guys change time yet? Uh, end uh,
1: of the
2: month. Yeah. 26, yeah, like, I think. You guys are always a couple weeks before us. It throws everything off for a while.
4: How uh, Do you change your time as well? I, I think at
3: the beginning you... of November, right? November. Yeah, November. so we're a couple of weeks past you. So for a while there, we're an extra hour away from you. Yeah. Yeah,
1: You know, we are talking about censorship before. Have you tried playing with any of the alternate social media stuff, like Parler and Gab and shoot and stuff?
2: I don't even want to be on the social
3: media. Yeah, you know, it's hard. The only reason we do it is for the show, really. I mean, I'm, the only reason I'm on Instagram is for the show, and it's addicting enough for me. But I'm not on Twitter, and I'm not on Facebook myself, and I so... I I thought about oh this should this be the time when I get on parlor personally or for the show and I'm just like no nah, I can't I can't do it.
2: I but, see nowhere that social media is good for people.
1: Yeah, we, we I think we're unanimous, aren't we, that we detest it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We, we really don't like it. I, I, I'm totally with you, Darren. I think that the negative impacts, especially young girls in particular, like teenage girls, there are some real serious consequences to all this. And we're just sort of playing a big experiment in our population, unleashing these tools on the population without yeah. really thinking about what the negative consequences could be. Yeah, and, and I...
2: and I've taken this thing where it used to be like... I remember when I was a kid, they, we used to talk about there'd be this van around town. Watch out for the white van. <laughs> it been reported watching the playground. And, you know, you get scared of that. For, and I was lucky. I grew up in a small town, but in some ways it's kind of the safest time to be alive where you can walk to the store or the park and you're not going to have any problems. But in in the other time we've sort of let this fucking thing right into our house now, because now your kid can be up in their bedroom looking at a screen and they've just got, you know, all these fucking wackos now invading the kids games and everything else. And it's like this weird thing where the, uh, the external world has gotten safer than ever, but now we have got to be constantly on guard inside our own houses.
4: Yeah.
3: But that's but that's not necessarily social media. I guess some of it is that could be like YouTube or gaming. Like there's a kind of a difference between social media and online activity right but I, I i wonder if if social media would be as bad if there wasn't the algorithm and the the corralling people in the in the bubbles and the the if they if they didn't mess with it would it be so bad i mean maybe oh, yeah. no it was always bad i, think. I don't think i don't it think just, so I, I i attribute the the problem the main problem with the actual the censorship part the corralling the algorithms the trying to sell you the stuff if we just had platforms to engage without being trying to, you know, I sell this corporate
2: end problem, what you're explaining. I think the high end problem is comparing ourselves to other people's fake lives. Cause nobody posts the day they came home and lost their job and drank three beer and wrecked their house because they're having a bad day. They just post, you know, the selfie with the perfectly done hair and the filters and everything else. And especially what you were talking about with the young girls, I think this is a huge problem There, nothing they look at on the internet is real. And they're comparing themselves to this, these all just fake 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 filters 45 second beep 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 beep, next 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 and uh where you we've taken the television problem i used to used to see these pretty people on television that you could were cooler than you and better looking than you and you wish you could be like and now it's like your next to me it's your it's everybody in your life is better than you because you don't hear about unless they're a close friend who's telling you about their problems and their shortcomings and their failings I mean we've all got this 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 sort of naive idea that everyone else's life is going great but ours and you know the grass is greener on the other side and I think social media has done a really 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 good job of exasperating that because if Graham's having a bad day and we're hanging out together you know within a half an hour 45 minutes I'm gonna figure out Graham's a little off but if I'm just looking at his Facebook page you know Your ground might be way the fuck off by the time anybody notices. Mm.
1: Yeah, it paints a false picture of reality for people, and then people see other people's lives, their perfect lives, and then they feel inadequate, and it causes all sorts Mm. of problems for people.
2: I think especially for, like you said, young girls.
1: Yeah, my brother used to be a teacher, and he said that the online bullying, it always happened in the early hours of the morning when these girls are on on the devices.
3: Like and when they get up, you mean, or?
1: No, like two, two three o'clock in the morning. Oh, my God. It's the thing, you know, it's become the alarm clock, hasn't it? It, it never leaves your side. And these that's girls it. have the phones by the bed at night, and that's when it all happens in the early hours of the morning. But it's, the other
4: thing as well is it's the, um, it's the type of bullying. So what was, who's that guy on Rogan? Jonathan Haidt. Yeah, we're talking about it's sort of the perfect medium for girls to bully each other because it's the kind of bullying that they do psychological. Is psychological, basically. So they can message each other and take the piss at well, bitch against each other or whatever. Whereas boys tend to just beat each other up, basically, or you know, grab someone or punch someone. I'm sure they do the same sort of thing as well, but it's particularly bad for girls because of that reason because it's less physical bullying and more psychological.
1: Yeah, he, he, he had some terrifying numbers, Jonathan Haidt, about mm. the impact it's having on things like suicide for young girls. And, I mean, it's just, as soon as I heard there's a, that...
4: There's a massive correlation, isn't there, like, between the two and sort of it just skyrocketing from 2010, wasn't it, basically? Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, it
2: seems to be when the smart devices came in and the social media became way, way, way more prevalent.
1: Mm. So... I like um, what you're doing with the chats. as Sort of an alternative, having the Discord.
3: For now, we
2: got a backup system ready to go in case Discord gets fucky.
3: <laughs> yeah, somebody just got somebody just got off uh, Discord and shut them down too. Another um, really. Yeah, so Look. it's it's everywhere. Yeah, so we're trying to back up everything so that it's totally self-sustainable. Like no agenda, right?
1: Was that another in way, podcast? Yeah. Another podcast who had the Discord shut down. Uh,
3: yeah, I think it was, or a YouTuber, yeah. yeah. Bloody hell. Probably somebody talking about Q or something like that, you know?
1: <sighs> well, yeah, the QAnon thing's been purged this week, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, fucking strange times. I don't know. Very
3: strange. It yeah. does make me wonder, like, is there a bunch of underground tunnels and and this whole this whole world we're on is just, you know, the foundations is based on human trafficking, child trafficking and underground. I mean, you start hearing enough of that stuff and you're like, hmm, that is Israel. We're almost at
2: a thousand people in the chat.
1: Yeah, I'm one of them. Come and find me, Amish Phil. Amish Phil.
2: <laughs> Say hello. Nice. Not Amish, graham has been calling you guys the Amish Inquisition.
1: Yeah, uh, I I'll, I'll laughed my head off at that <laughs> when you read my synchronicity out. Thanks for the 6.7, by the way, Darren.
2: Anytime, bro. I'll
1: say that I'll take six point seven any day for a compound Tough. triple Tough, compound. It was, it was forced, wasn't it, unfortunately?
0: But, I, I but the thing
1: was, it. if I didn't I forced it, he became eleven seventy seven. The guy who wrote the book became the eleven hundred and seventy seven. I couldn't I couldn't not not let that. Exactly. happen. Exactly.
3: There was no forcing there at all. I'm exactly. with you a hundred percent there, Phil. There we
1: are. <laughs> I'll do <it> for me. <laughs> well, on that note, we're rocking up on time. It's been an hour already, mm. I think. Yeah. Um, what it you- flies. Oh no! Oh, it's been a real we treat
2: to come there next year, but
3: oh, yeah. I don't know. It's not looking good. Yeah, we're going to do like contact in the castle one of these days.
1: Which have you got your uh, a particular castle earmarked?
2: Well,
3: we did. We did yeah, have a we couple had a actually couple
2: lined up. Yeah, but it all fell apart with the the Rona. Everything else. Yeah, Why don't you come to, to uh, Lancaster Castle?
4: It's just ten minutes on the train from us. That-
2: there
3: you yeah, go. the
4: deal? Yeah.
3: Yeah. One I- of my. One of my favorite times was traveling around the UK with my mom, my dad, and my sister. And we're just driving around. We had a map, and we're just looking for the little castle pictures on the map. And we would just go <laughs> castle hunting. And sometimes <laughs> you'd come across an old ruin, you know, yeah, which is yeah. barely a castle. And sometimes it was like this magnificent Hollywood-type castle, you know. It was just fantastic. Just driving around the UK for a week. Yeah, Nice. Loved it. One day.
1: Yeah, Yeah. best make it summer though. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. that's pretty. I'm looking
2: at snow right now. Oh man, really, really? Oh man, well on that, it's minus ten here today. (laughs) What? It was minus ten when I woke up this morning. My chicken water was frozen, fucking solid. (laughs) That's where we're at.
1: (laughs) On on that note of um, frozen chicken water. Shall we, shall we wrap it up. What have you got planned for the future?
3: That's a good question. Uh,
2: I'll probably have a nap. Audiobooks.
3: <laughs> we're we're doing some audiobooks and we're and we're uh, yeah. The future's in flux right now, but yeah, continue the same thing. I guess continue with the operating. podcasting and all that. Yeah. Well,
1: well keep over the world. Keep up the good work. I, I love it. I love your podcast and uh, uh, thanks for coming. You've you've yeah, really made you. my day. Yeah, Thanks, guys. Yeah,
3: it's, it's been a blast, yeah. To keep up the good work yourselves.
1: We'll try our best. Um Power. Stay on the line for his boys, while we just play ourselves out. Okay. Sounds good. Check out Grime America's show. All the links will be in the description, as usual. And uh, stay tuned. Don't touch that dial. We'll be back in a minute. Okay, we're
2: back.
0: The dwarf, the cripple, and the mother of madness.
1: That was our chat with Darren and Graham from Grime America. The nicest guys in podcasting.
4: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> certainly nice for Queen and our podcasts, aren't they? Yeah. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, it was great. I really enjoyed that. Mm, I'm beautiful. sure a lot, I think a lot of people listening already probably listen to Grime America. Mm. Probably because yeah. we're just as good. I think there's a lot of crossover. <laughs> <laughs> um, Fucking hell, right. Yeah. All the links will be in the show notes, so check yeah. it out. And come and hit me up in the chats, if you're in the Guymaker chats. Find me, Amish Phil. What do the kids say? Slip
5: me a DM. Well, yeah. Do they? The only thing they say, <laughs> slip me a D. <laughs>
4: it's called sliding into your DMs. Oh, your, if you're oh, trying, If you're trying to um, have relations with someone.
5: I genuinely thought that was something to do with Dr. Mines. <laughs> <laughs> and that this is the first time I've made the connection with direct messages. That's how old I am, folks. Are you being serious? Yeah, genuinely serious. Slide <laughs> into my DMs. All right, okay. Doc duck duck Martins. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> <His> boots. <laughs> Fuck's sake. Housekeeping. Housekeeping.
1: Housekeeping. Right, how do you become a producer of the Armist Inquisition? Throw. Uh, No, no. Fuck's sake. iTunes reviews, we want, don't we?
5: Throw us an iTunes review, I was going to say. Actually.
1: Cough up an iTunes review. (laughs) Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on. uh, Subscribe to us on YouTube if you want to see how the sausage is made. Send Uh, messages. (laughs) Yeah, send us messages. Send us links. Uh, New stories—that's That's the best way. Well, the second best way of becoming a producer: sending mm. us material, clips, news articles,
5: yes. videos. We love it. People anything, are,
1: anything. You know, anything you want to spend your time on doing, that yeah. would be yeah. a benefit to us.
4: Email us
5: a picture.
1: Yeah, yeah. Email is at thearmistinquisition at gmail uh, What's the yeah. number one way of becoming a producer?
5: Give us some effing
1: money. Cough up a coin in the style of Andrew
7: plenty. I think you're
1: hitting
4: hitting the point, Phil, your that uh, Toss a
0: coin to your uh, mother, uh, it really bothers me. Uh, sure. uh, uh,
4: uh, uh, because <laughs> I I, I have an issue in this respect.
1: <laughs> it's the little, <laughs> the little uh. <laughs> mouth of vom gets me every time so yeah um oh birthday shout there's only one birthday shout this week and it's to amish matt for tomorrow yeah thanks yes 21 again
3: (laughs)
2: yeah
1: (laughs) (laughs) you're having to work as well uh
4: yeah i just didn't take the the day off don't take my do you take your birthday off No.
1: No, it's just another day. Another number to me. Yeah. It's just another day. I imagine I'll be getting up with the children in the morning. So my missus is gets in a strop if she can't have the whole week off. What? Yeah. Lunatic. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I've
4: got my book. It's my first book. It's my first <laughs> birthday book. Mm. A
5: birthday
1: book? Oh, what's that?
5: Adventures, Adventures in the Anthropocene. Yeah. Who's who that by? Uh, Gaia Vince Gaia? His name's Gaia and he's wrote, wrote a book about Earth
4: You're assuming the gender Uh okay, sorry <laughs> And Gaia's a girl's name, I think <laughs>
1: oh, That sounds interesting What else are you getting for your birthday?
4: Um, I accidentally subscribed to The Athletic again this year, so oh. that's the main present, that costs 60 quid and they're advertising it for £12. Yeah. So that was a bit of a kick in the balls. <laughs> <laughs> and it appears my mum has bought me a book as well. Uh-huh.
1: I'm not seeing what that one is yet. Excellent. Thus concludes the birthday shout-outs. Yes. Thank you. Uh, we better thank our producers for episode 155, haven't we? Yeah. Uh, we have Night Ninja, Gav Scott, Diogenes of Sinope, i mean, the artist. Giz Bane, Tumblerista, Twenty Twenty, and Raymond Jet Squad. You are oh, so, yeah. Raymond
5: Jet Squad.
1: You are so amazing in your love.
5: They are, yeah. <laughs> they are,
2: yeah.
7: So. Coming to terms with the fact that I'm a Marxist. I'm literally
0: a communist. The dwarf,
8: the carrot, the grape, the plant, d- the Cooper and the mother of feces
0: from hell.
1: <laughs> Thanks again.
0: <laughs>
1: Thanks. This is a thank you from the mother of feces from hell. Thank you for your support for another week. It means the world to us. We need help. We need help with you helping us produce this stuff. Was that a live mix again? I am, yeah. Yeah. Would you like to, uh, would you like to hear another live mix? Yeah, why
4: not?
6: (laughs) Covid 19 news.
1: Dr. Yanta Bhattacharya.
3: More lives this year than any other year for the past hundred years. The magic vaccine. A big fat shot in the ass from hell. Oh! You know, it's just, you know, super painful. Like a judgment day, intimidating.
0: This is such a crock of shit.
3: (laughs) This
4: is Dr. Bhattacharya. How's that? Ah, oh, yes. It's good because it ended with me. Yeah.
5: <laughs> Birthday.
1: <laughs> Birthday treat. October Thank surprise you. for Amishman. <laughs> yeah, we're fucking loaded. We're loaded. Dr. Yayanta Bhattacharya. Loaded with COVID news this week. Um shall we have a quick European roundup?
7: Sure. Yeah, but this I'm, is
1: why not. This is from Euronews.
7: Italy is bracing itself for another possible lockdown after the country registered a record number of new coronavirus cases. And the pressure on hospitals continues to rise. On Friday, there were 52 more people in intensive care wards and over 380 more hospital admissions. I'm afraid of the new measures. I don't think we need them because we can live well with spacing and masks. There's no need to close everything because if we don't die of COVID-19, we'll die of hunger. In England, more than half of the population are now under tighter coronavirus restrictions. London was put on the second highest level, but Northern England is hardest hit.
0: The further up north you come, the more penalised you have become. So, it kind of... Can't hear him because he's wearing a mask. You can't do much about it because the last, the last day is the government.
7: In Ronnie France, figuring? Paris and the surrounding area, as well as eight other cities, will now have to abide by a 9pm curfew. Many bars, restaurants and cinemas will now have to shut as they'll be unable to make a profit. Many restaurant owners are angry as they've not recovered from the first lockdown. And 12,000 extra police officers will be deployed to enforce the new rules.
1: It's getting uh, pretty serious in France, isn't it? 9pm curfew in most of the big areas. Why? What does that do? <laughs> the virus only that's comes out now, at night. Well, this is—is is it
4: just—is it to stop people drinking? Are they saying that like you, you, everyone's going to get pissed
1: after nine o'clock? You like?
4: It's more France.
5: Drink. Everyone's drunk by lunchtime anyway. <laughs> um,
1: it's that's to just, stop that, social interaction. We have to socialize with each other after nine. Anytime, but you know, I <laughs> did. I
4: just say don't go out of your house then. Well, that was what they did in March, but
1: they're they're reluctant to do it again for obvious reasons. So, uh, yeah, it's looking grim, it's looking grim for Europe, looks like we're going into lockdown too, slightly milder, but, you know, still fucking grim and I'm fucking sick of it. Anyway, (laughs) we heard last week from David Nabarro, the WHO special envoy, Um, he was... Categorically pleading with national governments to stop using lockdowns as the primary form of uh, restricting the virus and this obviously played into lockdown sceptics such as myself. But fear not because WHO chief Dr. Ted Ross i.e. not a real doctor uh, came out with a statement this week to counter the growing support for a change in strategy. Here's what he had to say.
6: There has been some discussion recently about the concept of reaching so-called herd immunity by letting the virus spread herd immunity is a concept used for vaccination in which a population can be protected from a certain virus if a threshold of vaccination is reached for example herd immunity against measles requires about 95% of a population to be vaccinated The remaining 5% will be protected by the fact that measles will not spread among those who are vaccinated. For polio, the threshold is about 80%. In other words, herd immunity is achieved by protecting people from a virus, not by exposing them to it. Never in the history of public health has herd immunity been used as a strategy for responding to an outbreak. Let alone a pandemic. It's scientifically and ethically problematic.
1: He uh, is intimating there that there is only one way to get herd immunity through your vaccination. Mm. But obviously, if you go on Wikipedia, no, there are two ways to get herd immunity. It was first discovered naturally with me- measles in the 1930s. He's talking out his fucking eyes. <laughs>
5: No, Technically, w- by vaccinating people, you're exposing <clears throat> them to to the virus, especially with, with live, uh, attenuated vaccines. I thought, um,
4: yeah, he obviously is intimating, isn't he, it, that it's a vaccination report. Um, is he not saying that there's ethical reasons for not having, just letting it go through the population?
1: Um Just letting it go through the population isn't a strategy adopted by anyone so far, and it's neither the position of the Great Barrington Declaration. The the whole strategy is is you have a three-month period where you focus all your resources on protecting the vulnerable, the elderly, the immunocompromised. You don't test. We won't get tested. Kids won't get tested. You focus all your testing on care workers, healthcare staff, and the elderly, and the infirm. All your resources go on them to protect them while we develop herd immunity, the young and relatively fit. Probably makes sense. He says that, he raised that, there was an ethical question over it Mm -hmm. because there is a chance that, you know, some people will get sick and may end up being hospitalized or could even die. Already
4: are though.
1: You already are. And I would argue that there is ethical questions over vaccination. Because yeah. people get ill and injured through vaccination. Mm-hmm. That's why there is a vaccine court in the United States. It's why pharmaceutical companies are requesting to be indemnified from any legal <laughs> action. Yeah, because
4: they I don't so, know, did he? So don't and give just, me that
1: bullshit. That was an ethical there's, You know, the same applies to vaccinations.
4: Is this not a, um, Ben probably knows better, a, a new type of vaccine as well, in the way that they're are they not repurposing the virus or something?
5: Genetically? Uh, I don't know what, the R- what vaccines are being, are being worked on at the moment. One's probably going to be RNA-based, I imagine, because that was the latest thing.
1: That's what you're talking about, mate. is the Pfizer one, the <laughs> RNA one. Right. Which seems to fuck with your DNA. Okay, so what, what could go wrong? I don't want to be the fly. But uh, it, the thing is, it, it, it'll be the same thing with the swine flu vaccination. They'll roll it out to all the hea- healthcare staff first. They'll be the guinea pigs. Mm. And there were loads of nurses got ill, weren't they, during the swine flu vaccination program mm-hmm. before it was scrapped? If I'm not wrong, mm, I'm not sure. I'll get it
4: to be honest with you. Unless they say they have to. It's the fact
1: that it's been rushed, you know.
5: Well, that's why they they want to shield themselves. Um, exactly, yeah. Because yeah, because it could it, foot you up. Gonna, yeah, exactly, yeah. If you gave them, like, 20 years to do a full, a full, you know, three-phase trials and then, you know, a decade of data gathering, I, I couldn't imagine anyone would want to would bother with that because it's so well tested mm. that you would... You'd think that it's all right, but a no one's going to buy that because we can't wait twenty years, or mm. the perception is we can't wait twenty years. Yeah, um, and also you don't get your money till twenty years time. <laughs> and so there's a balance to be struck, I guess.
1: Even with twenty years of data, there will still still be an element of, course of risk. It will, yeah. of course
5: You, know, it will. you so. can't eliminate risk a hundred percent in any venture. No. Even doing this podcast isn't hundred percent risk free. <laughs> No. Yeah. Anyway,
1: I think we covered that fairly well. Sticking with the WHO, we've got some news on who? the um, the WHO. <laughs> <laughs> um, we have some news from uh, on the CFR. In fact, I think we I alluded to it uh, while we were talking with uh, Darren and Graham. Um, some news on the CFR of the virus, and this is from Ivor Cummings, whose YouTube channel we mentioned.
8: Another piece of C, the World Health Organization yesterday quietly mounted Professor John Ioannidis' paper. He was correct on the infection fatality rate estimates back in April 2020, and he was scourged for coming out with them. But now the WHO has mounted his latest paper, and the estimates are overall infection fatality rate 0.23% median, corrected, And under 70s, around 0.05% median. So this is order of magnitude or more lower than the projections that sent the world into hysteria. And this has been borne out by the data, as I showed you for Ireland.
1: So how did we end up in this mess? I hear you cry. How? How did we end? You're supposed to say, how did we end up in this mess? How do
5: we end up in this mess? Sorry, oh, I drifted off because I want that guy to do audio books. <laughs> I, I was trying to get into the panto mood. <laughs> He's behind, He's behind you.
1: you. Oh, no, you're not. <laughs>
5: uh,
8: <laughs> so how did we get into this mess? Why did we end up in this mess? Well, Imperial College. They based their projections way back in March on six people who were infected out of 680 odd in six flights that came out of Wuhan and it's in their paper and these huge projections were copied by the world six people
1: you know do you remember on our little our matesy whatsapp chat when the imperial Eamon, mm. Eamon released yeah. the imperial college he did projection yeah. saying you know we've got a lockdown now look at this mm. that was based on six people Fuck's sake. Mm. so. Well, the fight against the herd immunity is mounting, and Lieutenant Gruber from a lower low, uh, our health secretary Hans Gruber. Hans Gruber, yeah, the health secretary Matt Hancock. Oh, he does look like Gruber from a lower low. Okay, he weighed in this week, and I'm gonna I'm gonna have to put. It's not a particularly long clip, but I'm gonna have to pause this as we go along, because it's it's pretty incredible.
5: For a snack. Some
9: people have set out this more relaxed approach, including in the so-called Great Barrington Declaration.
1: So-called Great Barrington Declaration. Why would he use that
5: term? Is he just saying because that it's great, or do... saying people call it great, but isn't Great Barrington something other? It's a place. How was it named? Great Barrington is a place. Yeah. Where it was so standing. it's not actually called the Fantastic Barrington Declaration or whatever. It's too,
4: it's, it immediately makes you think it's nonsense. That's why I said it, basically, yeah. the so-called. It, it makes you immediately think, yeah, that this is, ugh, you know, it's a shit way of, on
1: your shoe. It's a way of undermining it.
4: Yeah. Yeah,
1: okay,
9: continue. And I want to take this argument head on Because on the substance, the Great Barrington Declaration is underpinned by two central claims and both are emphatically false.
1: Emphatically false. What on earth could this be that's emphatically false? I wonder.
3: Let's see.
9: First, it says that if enough people get COVID, we will reach herd immunity. This is not true. Many infectious diseases never reach herd immunity like measles and malaria and AIDS and flu.
4: Right. Well, measles is, isn't it? it would, yeah. the, the WHO man just said 95% is herd immunity.
5: Yeah. Measles, measles is herd immunity is maintained by people continuing to get measles uh, vaccines.
1: Correct. Um. One in four measles cases require hospitalisation. Um, really?
5: Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's bad. It's, it's bad. bad news, measles.
1: The case fatality rate for measles in some of the poorer countries in Africa is 10%. Jesus. And the most at risk are under fives. Oh. Is it fair to draw a comparison between COVID-19 and the measles?
0: No.
5: I would, I would say not. <coughs> You're comparing one type of apple with another type of apple.
1: Yeah. Uh, he then goes on. Oh, yeah. Do you remember Ben when you um, got off with that slag from Darwin and got a nasty case of malaria?
5: How can I forget?
1: <laughs> he throws malaria in there. What are the, what are the infection vectors for malaria?
5: A uh, plasmid in a uh, a uh, mosquito. What is it? It's within a mosquito. Something within a mosquito. Uh, 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 a um, parasite.
1: It's not even an infectious disease. There is no human-human transmission of malaria. Uh,
5: yeah. Oh, yeah.
4: All right. Okay.
1: Is there? A... No. No. Then he brings okay. up AIDS. Uh, last time I checked, AIDS isn't fucking airborne. <laughs>
5: Depends how you know.
1: <laughs> is it?
4: You could, jizz, you could jizz into someone's mouth from the other side of the room? I think
5: <laughs> if you slit your own jugular and spray spray the crowd full of people, that, that would probably
1: counts as that one. AIDS is very difficult to catch, and we have some pretty simple mechanisms to reduce that risk to very low. Would we agree on that? Condoms, for example. Yeah, not having sex. Yeah, I don't not t- touching, not touching sharing, ne- not sharing needles. Yeah, yep. yeah, I don't think it's a fair comparison to uh, compare COVID nineteen with AIDS. And then it comes up with flu, which at least is a fucking airborne seasonal virus like this. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but we have a, a vaccine for the flu. We don't have a vaccine for COVID, and that is the reason why they're asking for this targeted herd immunity because we don't have a vaccine.
9: So anyway, I'll carry on. And with increasing evidence of reinfection... <gasps> increasing... Three people.
5: Oh yeah, three p. It's three, isn't
9: it? Yeah.
1: I checked this week, it's five.
5: What? <laughs> That's increasing! Five out of 30 million. Isn't that a 40% increase? It so is. the rates of reinfection have increased 40% since me saying three and you saying five. Just in the last 30 seconds. That's terrifying, Phil. Where's the newspapers?
9: We should have no confidence that we would ever reach herd immunity to COVID, even if everyone caught it. Herd immunity is a flawed goal without a vaccine, even if we could get to it, which we can't. Sounds a bit defeatist, doesn't it?
4: So, what's the point in having a vaccine if you can't get to a herd immunity?
6: <laughs> Correct.
4: So, of you know, what is he fucking saying? Who's he? Who's, saying he speak,
1: who's he speaking for? Is the more important <laughs> question.
5: Mm. You will have to get at like least so. one vaccine every year.
1: It will be
4: now, won't it? And it, is it not? Is it not some evidence to say it's mutating or something? And to be a, a bit more contagious or something?
5: It's just mutating all the time. It probably will be getting more contagious and less deadly and because mildly. what's the point mm. in killing your, um, killing your host? We've been through this before. Yeah. I can't.
9: The second central claim is that we can segregate the old and the vulnerable on our way to herd immunity. This is simply not possible. As the medical director it. of the NHS... We've
4: already done it in March, haven't we? Yeah, already done that. Already asked people to Segregate
1: themselves. So we seg- that, that we segre- segregated 70 million people.
4: Exactly, yeah.
1: I'm sure um, we could, if we, if we targeted it on the most vulnerable, we could probably do a better job. Mm-hmm. If we made it a national effort. We
4: could probably, probably enough police to board people into their houses.
1: No, I think if you explain to the general public and treat them like adults that this is what we're going to do. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. This is it, we've got three months. Now till Christmas. This is the plan. Suck mm. it up for these three months and then this is over. And you can be like you can would be like living in Sweden. <laughs> where people get on public transport and don't wear a mask and just go to bars and restaurants and life is normal. No no deaths today in Sweden. I don't think they've had any this week.
4: Fucking okay, no. hell. Yeah. But are they are there are their stats dying of COVID rather than dying with COVID? No, we are dying with
1: the the classify. As far as I am aware, the are classifying the same as us, right? Okay, yeah. Whether they use the same cycle threshold for the PCR test, I don't know. Oh <laughs> yeah, because we we use forty five cycles, which is fucking insanity. Tensely, <laughs> you know, twenty five to thirty is is clinically relevant. That's how you control
5: the numbers. So when the is, yeah. are ready, ratchet ratchet to it down, reduce the numbers, and say, oh look, it's working they'll change the PCR cycle rate. Yeah. I said okay, yesterday... I asked, uh, we... Sorry? So I was going to say probably after um, all this Brexit nonsense is finished. Yeah,
9: yeah. <laughs> you cannot somehow fence off the elderly and the vulnerable from risk while everyone else returns to normal. It's neither conscionable nor practicable. Not when so many people live in intergenerational homes, when older people need carers who, of course, themselves live in the community... And not when young people can suffer the debilitating impact of long COVID. Whenever we've seen cases among young people rise sharply, we then see cases among the over-60s rise inevitably thereafter.
1: Brings up the long COVID there.
5: Yeah, I don't think that that's a thing. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put my... Uh...
1: We, we had some anecdotal evidence about long COVID from one of our dear
5: friends might choose to die on that hill actually the, the long covid thing the last
1: time we um producer Aaron the corrector he he, corrector. he said he knows a couple of people who've had a long covid i mean it's only anecdotal what's your what why what's your theory on long covid ben
5: i think i think it's probably related to having it and you know feeling generally shitty for a while afterwards he said he said people think it's ptsd related
4: but the other thing i've um when people describe it when i've read about it it sounds like depression
5: yeah
1: that's
4: right yeah.
5: so except, it's a consequence of and it's a new thing it's not it's not it sounds, just, it's not long covid
4: it sounds like depression but they also describe a lot of breathlessness so <laughs> unless that's like an anxiety response because you can get breathless through uh, anxiety and that's ptsd but um <sighs> could be but the other thing that I've read is if people think it's scientists have said it's and we are not four different sy-
1: syndromes four different syndromes
4: yeah they didn't yeah, name them right but just said it's four different syndromes that might be happening
5: yeah whatever it is it's interesting and, and it's good that people are looking at it because you know, people feeling shitty is not not a good thing in general. No. Yeah. But it could be related to, you know, social... Isolation. Situations, yeah. yeah.
1: Or depression.
5: Yeah, who knows.
1: More more work needs to be done. There's <coughs> something to yeah. keep an eye on anyway.
5: Yeah, I don't know what the percentage of, of COVID infections leads to long COVID. And the fact that they test negative is, an, is a bit of a red herring because <clears throat> even if you did, like... Hundred thousand PCR cycles. If they're still testing negative, then uh, I don't know. Maybe you you could argue that it is completely, completely different. Unrelated. And how you are testing? <laughs> of yeah. course, PCR's is not a not a diagnostic um, test.
1: Okay, we'll uh, we'll move on to news night. Um, on news night this week, Sir Mark Walport from Sage was on. Sir Mark, along with Sir Patrick Valance and probably soon to be Sir Chris Witty from Sage. Um, I thought this was a revealing clip, which where he lets slip what the remit of Sage actually
9: is. I, I wonder what you think about the way this is... I mean, is it still worth SAGE saying what it's saying? Oh, it's essential. But I mean, I think actually your piece so far has illustrated the dilemma, which is that we saw the misery that goes with the economic harm that comes from this, the loss of work. And so SAGE is tasked with providing advice on what measures will bring the pandemic under control. But it is the job of politicians who are our policymakers Mm. to, as it were, balance the lives versus livelihoods risk government's been under fire because it's
1: been criticised for not following the SAGE advice this week, hasn't it? And, and mm. Keir Starmer jumped on it. It should be being more strict is what they're saying, isn't it? Yeah. But he, he um. sort of intimates there that the purpose of SAGE is to advise on how to re- control the pandemic. Mm. SAGE does not take into account any other healthcare... Yeah. Mm-hmm effects
4: well it's all the the other stuff isn't it basically like the the loss of jobs what that means for health so everyone knows when you lose your job or when mass employment
1: occurs everything else tanks doesn't it basically i've been working for an estate agent this week and I've, Mm -hmm. i've heard this anecdotally but this is the first time i've heard it confirmed from an estate agent and she said that since um april there's been a Boom! An absolute boom in men mm-hmm. looking for flats. Oh <laughs> Right, Okay, I thought you were going to say there's going
4: to be a bit of boom in house sales. There seems to be loads of houses sold that, near us recently.
1: That as well, because of, there's a stamp duty holiday till March.
7: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah.
1: So there's a boom because of the stamp duty cut that Rishi Rishi Sunak announced. But the other everyone's, boom, it was breaking up. The other boom is yeah, men looking for flats. Hmm. And this, is, we know this isn't good for us. And not for the nope. next generation either. Not for children. But you know, long COVID. So. <laughs> anyway, shall we move on to, to happier happier places? Angie Shackley. Um, do you know, Australia? I've heard of it. Yeah. Do you think you might need another reason not to move to Australia? Massive spiders. Is it a massive flying spider?
7: <laughs> School's back and so are nits. I hate headlists. Everyone gets it and then we get it. It's disgusting. There's little bugs in their
1: hair, it gets in their pillows and their bedding. It's disgusting.
7: Lauren Bent's four-year-old son Jet came home from daycare with them. So there's nothing that we
1: use that could have the bugs and then they're growing then it's all growing and they're getting bigger and they're in his ears.
7: They're called what? super lice and they're increasingly difficult to get rid of. Super lice. The super lice have become resistant to those, those traditional chemicals that we have been using over time. When chemicals don't work natural <laughs> products with tea tree and lavender oil can be used <laughs> but they're no guarantee.
9: There's no super easy solution i think combing uh you've got to comb the nits out really
7: one third of australian children have head lice and expect more outbreaks this school term nits are rampant during the warmer months they might be resistant to chemicals but they're no match for good old fashioned elbow grease
1: one third one third of kids in australia have super lice just fucking bick it off, don't you? Bick it off.
4: <laughs> just fucking <laughs> yeah. shave them all. Yeah, that's what you do when you put him in prison. Didn't they used to shave, shave you and then yeah, just throw much. throw a lie over you or something?
1: It just seems like <coughs> everything's trying to kill you. Yeah,
4: <coughs> kill you down there, is it? But it's that, but it's just us, isn't it? It's instead of um, you know doing what our ancestors. Did, and chimps and just going through your hair and crushing them, and fucking putting chemicals yeah. on them and causing the, we're causing them a problem, aren't we?
5: Yeah. Oh do you think it's they've become
4: bulk. become resistant? That's what, it, that's what it is. Yeah. As they've evolved, it's obviously the ones that are resistant to chemicals reproduce, don't they? Can't become resistant to crushing. <laughs> I know exactly. I can remember my grandma um, picking nits out of my hair and crushing them on my mum's sofa. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, my God. Fabric? It was like, there was, no, there was like two weird wooden... coasters oh, like, oh. for your drinks. It <laughs> weren't like coasters. I think it was like handles to, you know, pull yourself up on. I can remember pulling them out of my head and going...
5: Oh. The back of
4: a nail, with a nail Brilliant. on the thing. Did the
1: smell of rich mahogany. <laughs>
4: It, it only just got rid
7: of it. So. <laughs> the, the super lice. <laughs>
4: mm. Oh my God. So that's what you need to do. Just get yourself a knit comb. <laughs> Fucking hell. Oh, is it?
1: Talking about uh, domestic things. We got a new fridge last Sunday.
8: Mm-hmm. And Has
1: that got uh, knits? <laughs> it's <laughs> not got nits, but I walked into the kitchen the other day and my eight-year-old was stood aghast. <laughs> With the fridge door open, and it, he, he goes. I went. What's what's up? Why are you stood there like? He goes, dad, dad. It has a light in it. <laughs> <laughs> Have you
4: deprived your children of a working fridge light? <laughs> a, a light. <laughs> we, we haven't had a light in the fridge for about ten years. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> <laughs> how do you see? Kitchen lights on. ceiling uh, light Oh my god! <laughs> Animals. Same with Oven. <laughs> Oh, what? Oh, yeah. How do you check? Check what? Are you like with, like, with the torch at the door? <laughs> Is this fucking shit cooked or what?
1: It's oh.
4: souffle risen.
0: Yeah.
1: Mm. Oh, I'll tell you. It's got to do a bit of light-hearted stuff. Everyone's been been getting down, haven't they? With, and yeah. fed up with the, the Rona.
5: Um, I'll tell you what back, though. Oh, that was it? Yeah, it was on last
3: night.
5: I don't watch it. There's a guy who looks a bit like a handsome version of Chris Kamara. <coughs> right. hey. I thought. He's an American footballer. Oh,
1: I know. He does the NFL coverage on BBC2, doesn't he, with chappers. I I've, I've glanced past it once or twice late at night, waiting for Babe Station to come on.
3: <laughs> Jeez.
1: An old day. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah everyone's getting a bit down but I tell you what there's one company in Silicon Valley that's got your back
8: we don't know how long this will last we don't know what the future will look like but no matter what happens next we'll be here for you because you've been there for us you may be isolated, but you're not alone, because we're here, making these difficult times a little easier, <laughs> making things feel normal, even if just for a minute.
6: Pornhub.
8: <laughs> here for you. Yeah, or however long right. it takes. So let's be alone together with Pornhub.
9: Professor, you're naked. Hey, dude! Mm -hmm.
0: What's up? You didn't see that, right? That was nice.
4: Wow. Is that a real outfit?
1: Yeah, that's one of our our Instagram producers sent me that. Oh no, so it was Gav. Gav on, on the old Facebook. Yeah, I didn't realize Pornhub needed to advertise. I think it's it's just a PR thing, isn't it? They'll still just make that, and for a couple of grand, send it out on social media. Yeah. There you go, give everyone a laugh. I thought it's a good thing to do.
0: Yeah.
1: Put a put a smile on my face, even
5: if just for a minute.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> shall we um? Shall we finish with some election news? Some U.S. election news.
5: It's coming up. Are we gonna uh, we gonna have yes. to do a special soon?
1: Oh, I don't know election special. Uh, Thing is, it's, what day?
5: It's Thursday, isn't it? It's not usually? going.
1: To, it's not going to be done on the Thursday. This is going to go through to December. Reckon? Yeah. Why? Because there won't be a result, and because of the the, the balls up with the mail in ballots, they're still going to be counting ballots in December. That's Tuesday. <laughs> Fucking.
5: So oh, is
4: that why? Sorry. Is that? Are they? Are they not doing polling stations? And is that what? They yeah, they doing? are.
1: Right. Yeah, they are. But there's going to be a massive uptake in mailing ballots. Millions. We have to count millions and millions of ballots. And they've never done it like I think to this extent before. So it's going to go wrong, isn't it? Trust us. Yeah. What do
4: you mean? Surely, you, you think there's going to be more people voting this year? you mean,
1: oh, it's going to be a record-breaking
5: turnout. I think. Right. Okay hasn't trump already said he might not accept a biden win oh, he's just both, yeah. both sides have said it they're just muddying in the
4: waters
1: aren't they already amazing yeah. um yeah there's only two standout candidates for me is there, isn't there? So let's, uh, let's hear from the first one
0: america what is america's destiny what is best for our nation our people what is just true justice We have to think about all these things, together as a people, to contemplate our future, to live up to our dream, we must have vision. We as a people will revive our nation's commitment to faith, to what our Constitution calls the free exercise of religion, including, of course, prayer. Through prayer, faith can be restored. We as a people are called to a greater purpose than ourselves. We are not only a beacon to the world, but we should be servants to each other, to encourage each other, to help each other, to lift up each other. Our fellow Americans, that we may all prosper together. We have to act on faith with the sure knowledge that we are pursuing the right goals and doing the right things. We will build a stronger country by building stronger families. Families are the building blocks of society. Of a nation, by turning to faith, we will be the kind of nation, the kind of people God intends us to be. I am Kanye West and I approve this message.
1: I thought that I thought that was pretty inspirational.
5: Yeah I know yeah, it's pretty good.
1: He singles out families. And the strength of the family, the country's built on the strength of the family unit. And um, I, I agree with that message. I think in general, men have to fucking step the game up. Yeah. And um, accept, you know, live up to the responsibilities. Or else go and buy a flat. <laughs> <sighs>
6: yeah.
1: I, I, I thought that was good. I thought it was a good. Presidential message. So it is he still? He? Is he still actually in it? Then Kanye the West. It's John. He's not going to get. You know, obviously, no one's going to vote for him. But still, I think out of the, you know, I was I was about to say it, I, I would vote for Kanye, but I'm obviously forgetting the other main contender in this election. Honor.
8: Vermin Supreme is a candidate you can trust. I have no intention of keeping any promise that I make. He cares about the issues that matter most. Zombie preparedness. We must be ready for the imminent zombie invasion on America. Vermin Supreme will give you a free pony. Free! Pony! Free! Pony! Free! He is the only candidate that will fund time travel research. I will kill the infant healer with my own bare hands. He also has progressive ideas for renewable energy. We have giant turbines that we're working on, and we will have lots of zombies, and we'll just sort of dangle brains in front of them, and then they will turn the giant turbines, creating energy to uh, lessen the dependence on foreign oil in America here today. Vermin Supreme cares about your teeth. What this mandatory toothbrushing law is really about is strong teeth for a strong America.
3: Vermin Supreme, a tyrant you can trust.
1: <laughs> yeah, guess my vote. The four pillars of Vermin Supreme's um, campaign, zombie preparedness, mandatory toothbrushing laws, time travel research, and free porn for all. I Who mean,
5: won? I can get behind all of those. Guess my vote.
4: Plus, you know, President Vernon Supreme. Yeah. What better way to end? Time to go, is it? I don't know. Have you got some more?
2: I got Harry. guns
4: I'm literally. A- <laughs> <laughs> How do you? Did you say? It was, I thought you said that was the last one. Have you got some more yeah. for us? No, nope. no, I'm done. Right. Okay, all I'm just- all
5: right. Well... I really enjoyed this episode as I enjoy all episodes and if I was a listener I'd want to uh, perhaps issue some coinage our way (laughs) or at least uh, get in touch with some stories get involved Mm -hmm. you know spam us with your uh, your stuff
1: spam us with your jizz I mean stuff (sighs) second airborne second all that we've got Ken Ami on next week gonna do some occult deconstruction talk some fucking netherlims and all that shit can't wait for that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And it really bothers me. Look forward to it. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, I hope some of you great Americans are still here. Um, say hello to us in the chats. Yeah. Yeah. See you next week. Thanks for another week. Bye. Bye.
6: Cut on. Cut on. Cut on. Great.
0: Me a goosey big. Come
2: here, Nick. Yes! <laughs> yes!
8: It's Who the fuck's that? Yeah, me! Uh, 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 because I, I believe, I, I
4: have an issue in this respect.
1: The
2: cosmic comes
1: in. Put on your fucking muzzle if you go to the shop. <laughs>
2: I got hairy
4: legs. I'm literally a communist.
0: The dwarf, the carrot, the, the grape, grape the cunt, cunt, the cripple, and the mother of VCs from hell.